Hello, and welcome to another episode of Other Record Labels, where we talk about the art and culture of running an indie record label. I'm your host, Scott Orr. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, It's a really exciting episode today. We talk with City Slang and Jeanette Wall, and um, there's a kind of a funny backstory to all this. I first reached out to her back in the summer when she was with another label called ATO, whom I love, and spoiler alert, there's something to come with them in a couple of weeks. But she was in the process of leaving that job and hopping over to City Slang. And so we eventually uh, tracked her down and, and did an interview. And it's a ton of fun. She has so many great insights and is a bundle of energy. And I really loved doing this episode. Before we get into that, I want to tell you something exciting because it's the new year. Um, we have a brand new website. If you go to otherrecordlabels.com, it's all fresh and refreshed and, f- and refreshing. Um, there's a, a nice picture of my ugly mug there and uh, lots of cool things. There's the back episodes and, and a good uh, a way to reach out to the podcast and, uh, and then a, a way to find out um, to find your uh, podcast provider. So um, go check that out at otherrecordlabels.com. And that's where you can also get, of course, our free guide, which is uh, developed with, with advice and tips from people like Jeanette and, and the people we've interviewed over the past couple of years. So you can get that at otherrecordlabels.com. Oh my God, Scott, what a saga. Jesus. I'm so sorry. No worries. Honestly, I promise I'm not this messy of an asshole. I really, really do. I've just been. No, it's oh, okay. Man. It's okay. I've been, I feel like, well, also my email. Oh, there was, so, there was like a while where your emails were going to my ATO email oh, address, yes. but I couldn't yes. have access to that. I don't know, whatever. And then. I would get a call from the person who's somehow receiving my ATO emails anyway. And then I was like, oh, fuck, he emailed me like, and then I got like six emails from you at once and I was freaking out. Anyway, hi. Hi. It's good to have you. No, it's okay. It's fun. Thank you so much. It's so, I'm so tickled. Thank you so much. It's, um, well, it was great to hear back from you. And I actually kind of forgot about how far we go back. Um, into the summer, like uh, thinking yeah. you're at a different company. company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just follow you wherever. No, it's. Oh my God. So sweet. Thank you. It's great. And um, yeah, go ahead. No, I just, I, I feel like it's actually probably for the best because I also, I, I feel like now I have a much better understanding of this label. I've been learning so much and like, um, I can probably not sound like a total fucking idiot when I talk about it now. So um, it's actually probably for the best. But well, and um, yeah, and I want to ask you a little bit about ATO if that's cool. But I, absolutely. I, um, I, I imagine if we had caught you at the last like two weeks of your ATO job, you would have been like stressed just getting everything together, and then by the time we published it, you would have been gone. So yeah, I feel like I wasn't like. I, w- I thought about, t- cause I mean, you know, I, there's so much of, um, you know, me invested in all, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's still going on there. So I feel like oh, I see. definitely attached to like, you know, there's projects of, there's artists I signed who are still there, obviously. And, you know, I like to think I left my fingerprint on there, that's you know, great. as much as, as much as anyone can, you know, it's all, well, I, I, I bet you, you know, that's true. The music industry is just people claiming 
recognition for other people's art, which is my favorite thing to do. So no, you know. no, I think it's true. <laughs> I think that way too. I, I, uh, my, my hope is that like my labels Renaissance will happen in like 200 years when I'm dead and my great, great grandkids <laughs> uncover all these CDs and they're like, wow, look what great, great grandpa did. How do you even play these things? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is this? Yeah. Floppy disks. <laughs> um, yeah, um, that's true. At ATO, I guess I, I imagine, like, because things are uh, work so far in advance that a record that comes out this fall, you would have had some hand in. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, and it's also like every label functions so differently. So I'm still like kind of unlearning certain habits not for better or worse it's just it is what it is like mm. city slang is a much like we we they we put out much fewer records okay. and it's like really amazing right <laughs> it's a lot more time to like think about the so i'm just relearning a bunch of stuff too but also like i don't know appreciating different kinds of music it's all different it's all yeah, pretty yeah. you caught me in a very transitional period in like my life in so many ways, but I feel like I'm a little <laughs> more stable now. <laughs> we could uh, if you want to reschedule for another six months and we could see how you're doing. We <laughs> yeah, could just make this show about you. Oh my gosh. You you listen. <laughs> you you read me like this is it. Well, um, let me let me ask you about the transition a little bit because when we first started emailing you, you were at ATO, then you moved to City Slang. Can you tell me about that move? And and I mean when people that I talk to and 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 anybody dreaming of working in the industry, getting onto a label, especially a label as cool as ATO, would be, you know, the pinnacle for them. What motivates a move at that stage for you? Well, I think like, you know, I it was totally my dream job. And I think, you know, I, it was um you know, and, and it was, I was working with my favorite people in the whole world and my favorite artists. Mm. And I, it was really special, but like at a certain level, I mean, to be, I mean, what motivated it was, you know, offered this amazing opportunity to, you know, run another wildly successful, <laughs> legendary independent label, but totally. for the whole of the United States. So like, you know, little bit of an ego boost, but <laughs> a little bit of a title boost, but also just, you know, I, I'm, you know, 28. So like, it's not, wow. you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a spring chicken, but I'm also, you know, I'm pretty young. So mm. I feel like getting that opportunity when you're so young is such a, it's kind of like a big flashing arrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. What, and it was, yeah. When you're talking so, about, when you're talking about dream jobs and, and, and all these different opportunities, was there a moment, like how far back does this dream go? Like, what, was there a moment in early in your life you can recall that really inspired you to get into the business side of music? Oh, uh, I mean, like every other kind of millennial working in music, I think I saw almost famous and was like, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> or some like horrible, yeah. like you know, yeah. whatever I projected that to be. What so was, I feel, like, go ahead. 
No, I just feel like I had a very romanticized um, vision of it. And I wanted to be a journalist for so long. Like I wanted to be Chuck Klosterman or, (laughs) um, you know, I I wanted to uh, or be a radio DJ. I wanted to be Cheryl Waters or something. So, um, yeah, I think that when I realized I could do a little bit of all of that stuff and be really close with artists and follow projects along. Um, I mean, I didn't even know what a record label was until I was like, maybe like 19. Mm. Like I didn't even know what a label yeah, did. Sure. So I, um, so probably, but I think on the, the seed of it all came from watching some yeah. silly movies in 2000, 2001. Was there a um, format that you grew up on? Like what format did you, or how did you consume music the most? Like in, in high school? Definitely CDs. Yeah. Same. 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 And like, definitely, I think in high school, like LimeWire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This Cry is a, tunes. this is a safe place. Yes. <laughs> Don't tell on me. No, I totally had like, um, you know, I, I made, but I made tons of mixed CDs, like ton, like mixed CDs for every week, mixed CDs for like, there's, I, my, my parents got rid of some stuff, but I, when they moved to Florida, but I, I recently found a bunch of, um, just random mix CDs that are all like equally embarrassing. <laughs> so you made these for yourself? Oh yeah. And for okay. friends, for, <clears throat> for everyone. And I think like that was like, you know, I, you, cassette tapes were a little harder to come by by the time I was, you know, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, you know, in my early teens. So I think like, um, CDs were just everything. Oh my God. They went to the library. I burned so many CDs from the library. Oh yeah. That's right. Cause you could borrow them for free. I always uh, thought that was like, uh, back in the ripping days, I was like, oh, I, yeah. I uncovered something here. <laughs> I know the secret loophole of, yeah. of hoarding your pu- local public library. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and did you yeah. make artwork for the, the CDs as well? Oh yeah. yeah. I could, I mean, it's definitely like, and every CD was called something like driving to the mall part four, like oh. something <laughs> like just, uh, became a parody of myself. It was very like, I, I'm a little bit jealous of that because I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, not by much, but I'm just a little bit older than you, but in the techno, in the tech world, um, like there, you know, the four or five years that I'm older than you is, is uh, like CD burners were harder to come by in when mm-hmm. I was in high school. So people totally. were wanting to make mixed CDs, but it was the kind of thing where you would make <laughs> one every two months and you would save up money and buy a disc and then go to your friend's house and hang out there for four hours while it burned at like right. two times speed. <laughs> you know? Like we can watch Wayne's world one and, <laughs> yeah. two, and yeah. then we can have the soundtracks. On- yeah on cd so yeah no been there that's cool been there for sure um sorry i'm turning my text off my phone so that's fine that's fine are you i'm assuming you're are you recording now i'm just i thought you were recording oh am i should i be recording yeah we're recording yeah we're going is that okay (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yes on the record yes you're on the record sorry i don't know yeah i should have said that at the beginning um but i also realized that my computer is making noises no it's Um, good the sound is good 
okay. Great. When we, um, I want to go back to the beginning of of us here. Um, on one of the first times you stood me up, one of the many times, uh, <laughs> you were you Such were a meeting shit. with a uh, something came up, and you were meeting with a potential artist that you were wanted to sign. What does that look like? I mean, not that meeting specifically, but um, how often does that happen? And uh, that you are you're pursuing artists and, and you have to drop everything and go and, and, and smooth with them. What do you, are you buying them drinks? What does that look like? Um, it depends. It's different all the time. And honestly, like where I'm at with city slang now, I mean, um, it's, I'm in a position where I'm really lucky in that, um, they're really supportive of me seeking out new talent. We have a pretty, open slate in next year cool. and um you know and it's i feel like um it's city sing specifically it's very like um everyone's really like i said everyone's really supportive but also we're all sort of collaborating to kind of make the next chapter of whatever the a and r process looks like at city slang so mm. um it's definitely different for every artist and I try to, you know, just approach it like a, like a person. Sure. <laughs> um, there's no formula. I kind of just try to be really honest and, um, very vulnerable. Cause I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, are in talking to artists in the past, it's like, music industry folks, people who are wooing artists, A&R people, publishing people, label people, agents, whatever. I feel like a lot of times it can be really dehumanizing to kind of just like meet with someone who's like, I want to make money off of yes, you. Yes, of course. Which ultimately, of course, is what we're all, we're all here to balance, <laughs> you know, arts and commerce in the most. For sure thoughtful way we can but i also i just try to be like i'm a genuine music fan and this is what your music makes me think of and this is what i am inspired by by mm. your music and this is because that's at the core of anything like hopefully that's why people work well together is because they have similar um similar outlooks on what a record can do be it emotionally or financially or creatively. I think, um, that's, I, I tried it. I know that's sort of all kind of esoteric bullshit, but no, it does, no. but it's also like, I, I try to just be like, as you know, specific as possible. Yeah. And be like, think about, well, this person, I try, I, and when I'm thinking about being like, oh, this person, because I, I remember, I think I'm remembering the right, because I've also been doing, uh, not a lot. I don't want to sound like I'm being a, I'm dating around, but <laughs> I have been meeting with a lot of artists lately, <laughs> and um, they're all very special, and I love them. Um, but no, I think it's like, um, you know, I I try to think about, I, it's like dating. It really is, though. It's like. I want to be sensitive and think about what kind of food they like, what kind of, mm. do they want to go to a, like a quiet coffee shop or do they want to go to a bot, like a shitty, gross, <laughs> divey bar? Like, and it's, um, when you're talking to them, do you ever get a sense of, 
uh, that they're uh, like eyeing you up and that they are, you know, we've talked about this before with other A&R people about how there used to be this bad rep with, with A&R people and with labels. Do you ever get a sense when you're talking to someone that they're, they're, they're on guard and they're weary that you're going to take advantage of them? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, why wouldn't they assume that? Right. And what do you do to diffuse that? Um, I think just by being, like I said, like my, my personality kind of lends itself to oversharing and, uh, (laughs) being pretty blunt and, um, vulnerable. And I think that like, I, I mean, and trying not to be manipulative, like trying not to manipulate how they see me because ultimately like at least a thread of truth is in that, that guarding, like that's an out, like I would, you know, I, of course I'm like a big plushy teddy bear and I like to just, um, think I exude warmth, but it's also <laughs> like, it's a hard line. Cause yeah, sure. I mean, you have to, I, I'm not a unbiased yes, person with right. any artist. Um, so it's kind of like, I, I expect that a little bit. And if it doesn't like, so yeah, I think that there's some degree of that with most artists and basically any artist, mm-hmm. um, because it's like, they're like, Oh, like I'm going to give up my child. Yeah. This album, these songs, this like, you know, reflection of either my experience or experience that I'm, contemplating i feel like that's a fucking heavy thing so yeah i pretty not to make it like the most i mean this you know it's not open heart surgery sure. but pretty it's can be really serious and pretty um you know and it's also you have to consider your um, especially with labels it's like this is like our managers too it's like this is the person that's like gonna help form what your career looks like Right. So, um, I try to approach conversations with artists that I love with as much excitement as a fan, but also with the kind of humbling notion that I'm trying to woo them to give me their firstborn <laughs> child. Let me ask or, you, where are you so, generally, like, where, where do you find people like this, uh, or, or where, what types of places have you discovered new talent that, that you want to sit down and, and talk about signing? Oh man. I mean, I, you know, one of the artists that we're talking to right now, I had a friend of a friend meet them and meet her in front of a bar at a show. She wasn't playing <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and she, and like, I just happened to get her SoundCloud link from like, a random conversation that I had. It, and sometimes oh, wow. it's, um, you know, I look at what, um, I mean, there's obviously like Spotify discovery. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly don't use Spotify as much for discovery. Cause I, I also think that like, I, um, I want to get to know, I, I, I similarly to how I try to be vulnerable, like, I need a kind of certain vulnerability or I don't need it, but I, I long for that human connection with another artist with, with an artist. So I'm, that's kind of my, my goal. And, and so I try to discover artists through friends or like 
personal connections or like just so I can get a sense of who they actually are because that's I think when when I want I because you know there's no real um from because I feel like this is another question is like what do you look for mm-hmm. in yeah. an artist yeah. and it's really just someone very selfishly and very like so in the very self-involved way that I approach this <laughs> because it's the most honest way that I feel like I can it's like can I add value to this person's career sure can I do I have ideas do I understand what they're saying and how they're trying to say it I don't think that's self-involved at all. I think that's the right question to ask because, yeah, no, I think that's great. Otherwise, you know, otherwise they don't need you. And for you to acknowledge that, I think that's great. Well, and it's because it's, you know, not every, no matter what anyone says, like, it's not like any label or any manager or any agent can just work with a artist just because they have similar artists on their roster. Like it really is right. like a, I mean, and that, that that shouldn't inform to some level, but it's like kind of, you know, it, it's like you gotta, you're a team and you're, you're people that are all have similar goals, but there's a certain, there's communication styles. It really is like any of these relationships are pretty intense, um, or they can be. So I think it's, uh, it really is about connecting as people, but also connect. I'm of course connecting to the art and understanding that. But I think to do that, you got to connect as people. Mm. Um, and you know, there's some artists that are completely in control of their own destiny in a way that's pretty impressive, and they have a clear vision. And um, it's really just about getting resources to execute that vision, sure. and that's that's great too. I think. I personally really like being involved in the creative process just because that's the fun shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you, Janet, like, is there, there's in my mind, there's two different artists. There's an artist who have, who has been DIY for 15 years and they have a following and they know exactly what they want. And on one hand, that's a little less work for you. You just have to kind of set things up logistically for them. On the other hand, there's like, this tiny little baby who's, who's saying, I don't know what to do. I'm talented, but I have no idea how to record myself or whatever. Right. Like, do you, uh, are both the same in your eyes or do you prefer one over the other? Oh, they're both the same, but I think it is like how open someone is to like, cause it's like, um, I, cause also like you, the, the, the what's the word I'm looking for the kind of deceptive thing about a baby artist who's like I don't know what I'm doing like you don't really know what you're doing either it's like I have an artist (laughs) that has never recorded in a studio before and I'm just now connecting her to producers and stuff like that and I of course have this amazing vision of what you know is going to work for her and um but also she's 18 she doesn't have any like she she's it's not like she knows what she likes and what she doesn't like yet so it is like so it is all it's all just kind of guess and check yeah on on some level yeah and um i've i found myself i've kind of learned one of my i think being you know approaching my my 30s i've learned i started to learn the really hard lesson of like uh 
just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's the fucking best idea that's ever been had. Right. <laughs> so, um, I think I've really started to meditate on the fact, like, I I just wrote an email to another artist that was like, here are a bunch of ideas. Here's a list of photographers I think that would be good for you to work with. Here's some videographers. Here's art directors. Here's publicists. Here's agents. I literally sent her like an mm-hmm. entire stream of consciousness. <laughs> it's probably going to be super overwhelming and she'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but um, I've really learned to say and believe the idea of like, take whatever resonates with you and please ignore the rest. I see. <laughs> um, like one thing I did at ATO with a lot of the artists that um, I worked with, I made like, Scott, I think I made like, I'm trying to look at my Pinterest account. I think I made like, in the span of like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I would make Pinterest boards for literally anything and like music videos, album art, what they're wearing on late night television. And like, wow. Like crazy. Like, and you would send this to the artists. Yeah, for wow. sure. And I have, Oh yeah. I'm like looking through some of them now. I have, um, this would make a great coffee table book one day. I'll get all the rights to all this. Yeah. The many outfits of Jim James. (laughs) Oh yeah. Seriously. Like I have, no, I have one that's all Raylan Baxter clothes. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. It's all, (laughs) it's all like photos of Bill Murray from like 1989. (laughs) And like, Oh yeah, look, there's, um, some, uh, photos, uh, from my so-called life. (laughs) Jared Leto. Um, yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but, um, yeah, I feel like that whatever that mechanism is of like trying to tap into like, um, like help an artist tap into a creative vision just by throwing a bunch of shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. Like I, it's just my, my process. Okay my process being sitting on Pinterest for hours and hours yeah. and hours. Cause I'm like a, like a stay at home mom, um, <laughs> uh, just looking at different like album covers from and the artists find this helpful. I mean, sometimes, sometimes they're like, why the I've, I know what the New York dolls look like. Like you don't need to, <laughs> but I think it's sometimes at least, um, even if I get one thing right, at least yeah. they know that I'm listening. Yeah. And that's probably the most important thing because I don't know. It I want to I want to circle back to your role here because I I want to kind of get some oh. clarity about about this. First yeah. of all, and I and I want to talk about city slang cuz um ironically, mm-hmm. Caribou um is a local artist here in Hamilton. So the news of like a tour so where I'm from um, and he's like a bit of a hometown hero here. I don't know him personally, yes. but, um, his new song and tour is getting a bit of press around here. So good. And that's actually like one of the cool things that I love about researching for this show is like when I check out a label's past releases and discover records that I've loved for like 10 years or so, like the not a surf stuff. I've been a huge mm-hmm. fan of them for a long time. And, and, uh, seeing that those guys are with you is just, that's been such a cool thing. 
Um, can you talk to me a little bit about your role specifically at City Slang? Like, what are what are your day to day responsibilities? What does your day to day look like? Mm-hmm. So, I am the U.S. label manager of City Slang. Wow, um, that's my official title. So they have entrusted me with um, a lot of their, well, all of their U.S. business. And so my day-to-day is kind of just using what the primary team in Berlin is working on um, and seeing how I can add to it for this territory. And um, it's a pretty awesome it's a pretty awesome thing. And the team is so amazing. They're like my favorite people I've ever met. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) Where are you, where are you guys based out of the, I'm in New York, obviously. And then, um, uh, the rest, there's about 15 or so people in Berlin. Okay. And then there is a, uh, UK came, uh, excuse me, UK label manager in outside of London and, um, a French label manager. I think that I believe that's his title based out of Paris. So, um, and I'm actually going to meet, I've met most everyone. I went to Berlin a few, a couple months ago and, but I'm going to officially meet everyone over Thanksgiving and, uh, that's great. That'll be really exciting. I'm going to go back to Berlin. Um, so yeah. So can you um, give just before we elaborate a little bit on your role? Could you give me a history of the label? Like it's about it's about thirty yeah. years next year. Next year is thirty years. Amazing. Kristoff, um, who is still the general manager of the label, and is also like totally my hero. Like just the, huh. I mean, I don't I I. Do not think I will send this to him to listen to it. <laughs> but I, so I can gush a little about it. He is so, um, he's like who I want to be when I grow up. He's <laughs> so thoughtful and um, generous and has such a good ear. So, yeah, City Sling, um, I, you know, he started putting out records in the, in the 90s for like whole. <laughs> super right, chunk right um, some some little bands you might have heard of and I, I think a lot and collaborated pretty closely with both sub pop and merge hmm. to make sure that the records that they were putting out in the US were properly represented in Europe and the UK so um he had his, and over the you know the last 30 years there's a lot of you know pretty amazing releases that have been out on on city slang like uh the suburbs arcade fire mm. uh, their fucking whole <laughs> records are really what i can nerd out about yeah. but uh but also you know there are artists that have been on the label for almost 30 years like lamb chop for instance like they've been with city slang since i think the you know as soon as probably i think as soon as they were with merge maybe mm. before um and i think caribou is another one that's been pretty much on city slang i'm trying not to talk out my ass too no, much that's okay that, nobody fact checks <laughs> these don't worry 
<laughs> Groovy, thank you. Okay. Um, um, I let me look to um, there. Who else am I thinking of? Um, EMA, Y Oak put a lot of their early records right. out with City Slang. Um, and Calexico, I think, has always been with City Slang mm-hmm. in Europe. Um, so yeah, pretty. Hmm. I mean, and pretty out, you know, pretty, I, I think Christoph really has only ever signed things that he really, really loves personally and sure. uh, gets excited about. And that's kind of like been the vision. So, yeah, it's a little all over the place, but it's also to me, it all kind of makes sense. And I think um, that was kind of how it was a similar kind of state that ATO was when I started when I mean, like when I was working, especially when I first started as doing A&R, I pretty much only got like folk records, like banjo records. And I was like, this is not what I'm trying to do. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Um, (laughs) um, It was definitely like, Oh, you work with old crow medicine show. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I pretty much only listen to like, um, (laughs) <laughs> like pop music so i'm like i don't i don't know about this but um but yeah so i think uh what was i saying um anyway so yeah city slang uh pretty amazing history um so i think one of the primary things i've been thinking about is how to reflect that in the work i'm doing mm-hmm. um for the label for the U.S. because it's so Eurocentric and has been sort of is similar standing to these you know indie U.S. indie giants. Like, how do I translate that to um, you know people I work with in America? And I think it's um, it's pretty easy whenever you look at do look at the history. It's like, oh yeah, like this is a pretty influential little label that's pretty modest so i'm trying to just you know brag a lot <laughs> is it is there pressure when you're signing someone to look back at the catalog and say this fits this aesthetic or this ethos of this new artist fits into what we've done in the past 30 years uh no i think it's really like are you in, i think it really goes back to like are you inspired by it do you really love it and let's and then you know there's a really rigorous vetting process where we all email each other telling each other how we feel about it. Um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah. And it's, it's been really, um, personally confidence boosting and, you know, really exciting to kind of be supported in the way that I have at this label. It's like everyone is really, everyone is really supportive of each other and everyone is really excited whenever we have, because there are so few new signings. It's like, yeah, it's like welcoming a new baby into the world. It's like, Oh my God. I I think a lot of us, I think a lot of the uh, small labels think that everything is easier for a bigger, a more established label. Is that true? Is it easier to get a pitchfork review or an official playlist for a, a, a label like city slang? Oh God. 
Uh, no. <laughs> really? It's not? I mean, I don't know. It's, I, it's, uh. What about for a brand new artist that, that, uh, most people haven't heard of? I think for a brand new artist, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I, it's as, I do not know the answer to that question. Okay. I suppose okay. I won't claim to, I think that the, it's changing so much now. It's like, mm. like the press, like the idea of a premiere is like, like so obsolete and, um, yeah, you know, yeah, playlisting the whole fucking, I, you know, I'm still learning and I'm a millennial. So, you know, <laughs> we're supposed to, you and I we're are supposed, supposed to, to know what's it. going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of looking around like, yeah, I totally know what's happening. I totally understand this. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, I guess it's, I would hope that it is easier in the sense that I, I hope people trust that a label like city slang is going to really like be interested in it. Um, but I, I can't say for sure. Cause I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the, like, you know, Gen Zers who I'm sure Spotify, Spotify have hired for, uh, to like anticipate their algorithm. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a bunch of 11 year olds, 11 year olds out there who are. I know. That's like, what's happening. Uh, is it, um, uh, this research I have here is, um, is old because uh, we were going to talk a couple of months ago. And so if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll fire all of our research staff, but do, do you have your own okay. label too? I did. I, well, okay. So this is the, it remains the same answer as a couple months ago. So okay. I, uh, I ran my own label. Um, I kind of started as a project in college. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, um, I applied for some grant money when I was at Syracuse University to put out vinyl records and that kind of burst my label and my, you know, I, I kind of, um, my, my dad in particular was always really supportive of me trying to like learn things by doing them. Mm. So, um, yeah, I guess you could call it a label. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I put out cassette tapes for my friends' bands in college. And then, you know, after I graduated, I was, uh, you know, varying degrees of employed. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was always kind of an outlet. I haven't put out a record. Hmm. Probably something like last, at least the last three years, maybe four years. Sure. I can't really remember. But um, L let me ask it, you to to transfer some of the the knowledge yeah. that you have from from City Slang and at ATO to for independents and small little startups. Yeah. I mean, whether you were to to one day go out on your own again, or from an insider's perspective, do you have any advice for smaller labels? Oh, I mean, just um, some general advice. Well, I, um, hmm. Well, I think like I look back on the, the label I ran was called Miss Grant okay. and, um, I'm pretty proud of the fact like there's some, you know, pretty, I got to put, put out some records from some really cool artists. Like I put out the first Vagabond EP. Wow. Um, I put out, 
some early music by adult mom. Wow. And I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. So it probably (laughs) really have anything to do with me, but I think, um, I think I would say just bet on your friends, you know, Mm. whenever you really enjoy your friend's music, it's probably not just cause you're, you're friends with them. I have plenty of friends whose music I'm, I don't really like, (laughs) but, um, that's not why we're friends. So I think I got, I think you kind of look around you and you, if you don't like, if you have a community that, um, Mm. of people around you that are making music that need support or would like support, and you can help them be a part of that. That kind of at the at the heart of it, I think that's kind of what a bedroom, quote unquote, bedroom indie label is. Um, it is just like helping your friends do something special. And if um, when when I I'm sorry to interrupt you when I when I talk to the labels who listen to this show and and I, I communicate with them on the side, a, a lot of the issues and the challenges that they face surround marketing and and kind of getting their artists and their releases heard above the noise above the noise of bigger labels or even just labels the same size of them because it all happens usually on a friday morning are there are there things uh, from a marketing standpoint that that um, you guys do at city slang or or in in your past that you think that uh, smaller labels should know about um well, there's not really like, uh, you know, there's like those programs where you can like pay $300 and there'll be someone who like plugs you into like a dig one digster playlist and okay, allegedly, but I don't know how any of that shit works and I don't really believe in any of that shit. So, um, I don't really even know what I'm talking about, called, but I know that they exist. Yeah. I would say there's no magic key and i can probably i i was talking to um the this this guy who runs a label called marbled arms and he just put out his first record with this artist lightning bug okay and it's super good and i i really like his vision he's really cool and i um he kind of asked me a similar thing mm-hmm. he's like this is just like me what do i do and I was like, I Spotify didn't exist really okay. when I, or it, maybe it, it existed, but it wasn't yeah, like yeah. playlisting wasn't a thing whenever I was putting out records. So I, I can't speak specifically to that, but I think, um, you know, I think that kind of just, I don't know, maybe it's, it's like find the one person you can get connected to who like has how do I say this? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll start over. Okay. <laughs> I'm the one person who you can get connected to who has a megaphone that's bigger than yours. Right. Um I see. Maybe maybe it's I was thinking about it like uh like whenever I first started I had a friend from high school who was the music editor for the alt week alt weekly in indianapolis where i grew up and i would send her records and i just found all these little like you know 
friendships basically I could take advantage of. <laughs> right. Um, basically, I just um, I really try, I think that's kind of the the essence of it is you just try to find whoever. Um, you know. Yeah, you know, without saying those dirty words like tastemakers or, you yeah, know, those those influencers, those type of words. But I think that there's truth to that. I mean, on one hand, you could pay some influencer on Instagram if you want, but I think there's probably more. What you're saying is there's more organic ways to do it. I think that's a yeah. great tip. I wrote that down. Find someone who has a megaphone that's louder than yours. That's I think that's a really good thing. It's something that a lot of us do naturally, but we don't really think that we do it exactly. or it happens where, Hey, you know, my friend tweeting about my record does better than me tweeting about my record. Why is that? Right. Interesting. Well, they have like, you know, 300 followers that don't follow you or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's kind of like, I can't, I have, I have, um, trouble articulating it in a way that doesn't sound like I'm at a South by Southwest panel trying to get you to download the app. So <laughs> to download I'm, your app. Yeah. And I also it, and clearly sound full of hot, like shit. Cause I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think that that's kind of like, if I sat down and I was like, I'm going to start miscreant again, what would I do different or what would I do now? Yeah. And I think it really is just like realizing that, if um, it's about creating a community around yourself um, and ultimately maybe it's like finding other, uh, other, what's the word I'm looking for? It's about finding other ways to measure success hmm. because maybe I think that a lot of times, especially indie rock bands um, or indie-esque, whatever genre, indie bands get mm -hmm. really hung up on the same three Spotify playlist, the same writers at Pitchfork, yes. the same stereo gum articles, the same uh, top five lists or whatever. Yeah. Um and it's really easy to get hung up on why don't why am I not on that or why is my artist not on that like I get hung up on it all the yeah, time for sure like what but ultimately there's only you know 20 of those spaces or 50 of those spaces and there's like 20,000 people making music I don't I just made that number up I have no idea what I, the, I actually think yeah I mean that that could be really close <laughs> like like you know yeah, like right? on a there's Friday like 20, yeah indie rock bands who are trying to do those things right now yeah so like i'm just <laughs> there's only like you know now that like kesha can do a fucking tiny dust there's yeah you know, yeah, there's exactly. a lot of opportunities for tiny dust like these really they were things that were already really hard to get mm -hmm. um are even harder to get now so you gotta find other ways to measure your success mm. and and ultimately i think that kind of um becomes when you're working on a in a quote-unquote bedroom label that becomes stuff that's in your community that's stuff that um you know i feel like is happening outside your door like it's like i got 150 kids to come to my basement party right 
that's what I mean. That's what I used. To, that's what the label was really for when I was in college. It was to get to pe- people to come to my parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, I think, and not to say that's like, because ultimately you have 150 people who are going to read that, you know, sp- sp- stereo gum top five videos of the week article. And you have 150 kids who are going to like yeah. get drunk party to your band. Yeah. That's a great. Or maybe point. actually listen to your band. No, it's true. <laughs> like, it's and true. so I think I think it's really not getting hung up on these um admittedly arbitrary means of of saying how important your art is and kind of finding other things that I think um, that's that. I think that's a great point. I mean you look at some of those Spotify playlists and, a, and an average one they might net you two thousand plays in a week. But maybe instead of going, how much at, money? Exactly. Well, that's like, right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, I was going to say, I mean, if it's just for exposure, find you know twenty ways to reach a hundred people, twenty different ways yeah. that yeah, and that totally. could happen in your community. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of like um, I feel more inclined to push it to the tangible world than on the internet, right? Because it's like. For sure. I, and because, of course, you know, I grew up in Greenwood, motherfucking Indiana, where I didn't know. That's the I didn't even know name. where the venue was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what they they said when they cut the big red ribbon. <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, um, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, there are, I'm sure, I'm positive. I know this for a fact that they were like, at least 20 other kids in my high school who were sitting on the internet trying to like sitting on MySpace trying to figure out what they like where their favorite band was mm. and like are not even understanding like what a tour is or what going to a show is like it's like I don't, I don't know I think that it's kind of and it's also you know easy for me to talk about this living in Brooklyn New York yeah. um but I think if I, you know, I think if I was starting my own label, I would just try to find the other people. If you really are doing it yourself or regardless, if you have a distributor or whatever, it's really at the end of the day, it's about having that. The goal is to have that connection. It's not about getting on new indie week or whatever, Mm -hmm. new music Friday or whatever. It's like, it's about like, there was this artist uh i went to this festival otis mountain get down this year which like i'm afraid to say on this podcast because that's how i'm gonna do all of my a and r from now on it's basically like a new artist festival oh (laughs) it's like um well it's like it's six hours upstate in like basically in Vermont. Okay. In the Adirondacks. Everybody camps. There's no cell service. It's um it's like a very mini Bonnaroo. Okay. But it's all like predominantly world music and um breaking artists. Wow. And I it's unbelievable. You should check it out. Um I'll censor it I'll, when you and, and so <laughs> you keep can, it secret for you. you put it out there i you know i'm all for even playing field come on you guys like just give um, the wrong date 
Yeah, it's in Give the week after January. It's you in January. Sit, no, it's not definitely not in the summer when it's fucking beautiful and green. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's actually it was. Um, oh, shit. Now I lost my what was place. It? What was it called for real? Oh, it's called Otis Mountain Get Down. Otis Mountain. Um, wait, shit. Why was I talking about this? I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, that's OK. That's all right. Well, Wait, what was the well, question? We were ta- well, the the question was about a half hour ago, but it was basically about <laughs> it was basically we were talking about um, not going after you know the traditional write ups or the traditional playlist, oh, but yes, mm-hmm. totally um, different well, ways to measure know. success. Well, I don't know how I was connecting that to Otis Mountain Get Down, but anyway, you should put that in there because they I will. <laughs> And, it, and cool, and they have good programming. Just just edit it into the podcast, however it makes. Sense. Yeah, I'll see if they'll want to do run a little commercial on here. Um, no, and I, I appreciate. I mean, these little tips are great, and I loved. I my my notes here are are covered from the last couple of minutes of of these uh, different ways to measure success and pushing things into the real world. I think that's really helpful, and I think a lot of us who are who are small time. Um, and uh, are are always looking for a different route. You know, basically, how do I take the back roads to get to the same spot? And yes, um, yeah, totally. So I appreciate because that. Also, like, you know, it also makes you realize, like, oh no, I know why I was talking about Otis Mountain Get Down. Okay, okay. Starting the story We're back, over, folks. Here's <laughs> here's where you cut for the edit. Whatever <laughs> setting this. Um, okay, so I was at this festival. Otis Mountain Get Down, and there was this artist from West Africa, and I should look up her name, but she was incredible, and she said this thing where she was like, songs, she was like, thank you for coming to my set, I'm glad you enjoy my music, Um, songs are just little mirrors for us to reflect on our own experience, what I'm sharing with you, Hmm. or something to that effect. And it's like, that's the whole fucking reason we're doing this bullshit anyway. So <laughs> it's, you're going to have a lot more of that if you don't worry. I mean, because obviously you have to play the game. You have to do the Spotify bullshit. You got to do the Apple Music bullshit. You got to do yeah. the Amazon yeah. Music bullshit. You got to do like the DSPs, whatever. Right. You got to, you know, sing the sing the song, dance the dance. Yeah. But also, if you don't, you can't put all of your emotional worth on that, especially as an artist, because that will just make you feel like shit. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Even the artists who do get that shit, they do. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they didn't get something else. Or, so, or not getting it again. They think they expect it a second time. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's um, the more you focus on this kind of connections i'm mostly talking to myself here <laughs> go ahead <laughs> take well it's my it's advice that i should listen to myself sure, is yeah. what i mean but it's like you have to focus on the, those connections and that kind of um and that way of teaching people about your music because that also ultimately i think usually ends up being more easily translated into lifelong fans, people who will support you financially mm. by buying your records, by going to your shows, 
You know, I think mm-hmm. because I mean, if you want the ultimate <laughs> balance of arts and commerce, it's like because of course you know I can say all this like you know floofy shit about getting per, gaining those personal connections, but of course you know that doesn't translate necessarily into money or records sold or streams. So I think you figure out. Um, how to do that in a context that makes people want to support your music. So, um, you know, and yeah. most people will. So if you, you like enjoy music and you have this positive experience, you're going to want to support them. So I don't know. I, that's my, that's I, my philosophy. <laughs> I love it all. I love it all. It's great. And this is something I usually go back over and listen to and, and make sure I don't miss anything. But what I love about talking with you and, and even, um, it shows in in how long it it took you to took me to get you on the phone is it just shows how hard you work and i oh. love seeing work ethic like that in people especially in in art and uh congratulations on the new job and uh yeah. it's amazing thank you so uh-huh. much for doing this Duh, i'm lucky i mean dude like it's just rock and roll like <laughs> <laughs> i think like you know, I, I better work this hard because I don't, I don't, right. ha- I, I'm, I'm actually with my friend who is a child psychologist and she is working on a licensing exam and she just did like, she just took like 20 pages of notes, like while we were doing this interview, <laughs> I like, can see her downstairs and I'm like, I couldn't fucking do that. Uh, yes. <laughs> I better find some other fucking way to <laughs> add value. Add make value. Myself- like, well, you know, I, I think you've hard. I think you've added a lot of value to our, our listeners, and it's going to be great. Aww, thank you. I hope so. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stop the tape, but I wanna I wanna ask you some secrets about my morning jacket and not a surf and oh my God, yes. Howard. And those secrets will stay safe with me. Thank you, folks at home, for listening. What a great episode! Uh, make sure you check out City Slang Records. You can go to their website at cityslang.com. They have, if you're listening to this in early 2020, they have two huge records that are coming out that I'm really excited for: Caribou in February and Not a Surf uh, early this year as well. Um, and so it's so great to have uh, City Slang on on the podcast. What a great label! Make sure you go check them out and pick out one of our uh, one of their records. Also, go to our website, brand new. Uh, go look at that beautiful snowstorm of beauty, uh, otherrecordlabels.com. And more importantly, that's where you can get a copy of our free guide if you're one of those um, people who are thinking about starting a label. If you're inspired by some of our guests and, and inspired by this topic, then you can go to otherrecordlabels.com and get a free guide, and that'll help you dive into this world. Thanks so much for listening.